0: Vehaholech beolamo. Someone who walks in his world, belli hit without caution and without thinking. Im meaning he's not thinking and assessing if his way is a good way, or his way is a bad way, if you're not constantly assessing your ideas and your direction and your hashkafot, nehu kesuma, he says this person, is like a blind person, al that is walking on the edge of a river. A blind person walking right by the edge of the river, asher sakanato, his danger, He says his danger is surely very, very big. It's a big danger, and Ra'ato, and his end, is bad ending, kerova is closer, meaning it's more probable, Me'hat from him being saved. A blind person walking on the edge of a river, it's a very big Sakana, which is imminent to take place. Let's stop for a second and let's think about what we just said. So he's saying someone who walks in his world without thinking is compared to a blind person on the edge of a river. So simply, obviously, you understand that living in this world, is comparing living in this world Like a person walking on the edge of a river. Which means, as we already mentioned a number of times, the dangers of this world are more probable than safety. It's not a 50-50. It's not uh, you'll either 50% go right or 50% go left. He's saying that the danger of going the wrong place and leading your life to a terrible ending is more probable than landing in the right place. So this is not like a coin flip where it's 50% heads, 50% tails. It's not like that. The world is not like that. He's saying that the danger far outweighs the success so if you're not thinking and you're not contemplating and assessing where you are and where you're headed, so you're much closer to disaster than you are to success so a blind person who walks by the edge of the river and makes it safely That's a a miraculous happening. That's not normal. So he's basically saying, if you live this world without thinking and without being careful, and you end up in a good place, that's that's a-ness. That's a miracle. So again, never, never, ever ask again when things go wrong in people's lives, what went wrong. This is one of the more ridiculous questions that people ask. What went wrong in your marriage? As if it's a very big shock that the marriage didn't end up so well. What happened to this guy? Why is he so off? As if when we ask such questions, it almost feels like our mindset is that the world is a very safe place the ground is very strong, every step is very solid, and once in a while, things go wrong. And then we ask, my goodness, what happened? What happened to my son? What happened to my daughter? I don't get it. What went wrong? What went wrong with this guy's, what went wrong with that guy's thing? When we ask such questions, It shows our complete ignorance of where we are in life. The default in life is that everything should go wrong. That is the default setting. You get married, everything should go wrong in that marriage, which is very normal. That's what happens out there. If not everything, you know, maybe 90%. When a person raises children, everything should go wrong. When you live your life and you're doing things day by day, the important things of life should go wrong. That is the setting. That Thank God, by the way, we were not born in the desert. The people here, thank God, we had parents, grandparents. I'm not sure they were all perfect. But we have been given certain guidance of thinking and a certain system and a road that they put us on. So luckily for us, we got saved by being around some people who helped us. So therefore, so therefore even though we don't think and the community, which comes to help us sometimes, the community helps us a lot because there are certain patterns and certain assumed ways of living so without us thinking we just do it because that's what everyone does or that's what's considered normal so whether you got it from your parents or you got it from your grandparents or you got it from your community or surroundings luckily for us we don't think too much and we're not in the worst danger which means we have a head start being that we're around people who have guided us. But a person who starts his life on ground zero doesn't really have parents, grandparents, a community to set him on some kind of road and they're not thinking. They're done. There's no, it's not a question. You don't say what went wrong. in in such a situation, what went wrong? The guy is is in a dangerous place. So even by us, that we're lucky that we got some sort of guidance, and we have some sort of derech, and a lot of them are correct because we got lucky, but that doesn't ensure that we have the derech and everything. Certain things your parents gave you, your community gave you. So yeah, you you did well by just living according to what they showed you. But any new things in your life or any new areas in your life are just as dangerous as the guy who grew up in the desert. There are things that you didn't get from your parents. For example, marriage is a great example. Marriage, you don't get from a community. You're not getting from your community a deref in marriage. Maybe Shabbat, you'll have a deref. Shabbat, everyone goes to shul. It's normal. People make kiddush. They have seudot. Those things most people are doing, not because they actually sat down to contemplate if they should be doing that or not doing that. Most people are doing it because that's all they saw. That's all they are around, and they do it but there are many things that are not like that. The community gives you very small things. They might be big, but they're small in number. They gave you Shabbat, they gave you Kippur, they gave you maybe sending your children to school, to yeshiva, they gave you maybe charity, how to give charity. So clearly living in your home and in the community Gives you basic things that if you stay on those things, you're safe. But there are many, many, many other things that your community is not giving you at all. Like I said, marriage. Your community is not giving you guidance in your marriage. There's no community norm in how to be a husband, that's beyond closed doors. That's not something that you're following a crowd. You're left on your own over there. Big problem. Raising children. More or less, you're on your own. You're not getting that from the community. Your growth beyond the accepted norms of the community. You're not getting it from the community. So therefore, a person, like I said, we're not starting on ground zero. And we have to be thankful for that. But sometimes starting at ground zero is better. Because if you're on ground zero, you know that you better step up and do something because you're not getting anywhere without thinking. Living in a community can be one of the most dangerous things. It could become a worship of the community and you lose your self appreciation As an individual. You live in the community. And part of the community. And makes you fall asleep. Because you feel. Protected. And you feel normal. Perhaps. That's why. Look at the words he uses. I was going to ask you what do you think. But maybe as I'm talking I realize what he's saying. What does it mean when he says. be'olamo"? A person who walks in his world without thinking, what does that mean in his world? Shouldn't he have said, The Ba'olam, one who walks in the world without thinking? What does he mean when he says, and the one who walks in his world? Be'olamo, one who walks in his world. Without thinking, he is like a blind person. What does he mean in his world? His world means he is in a certain community, a certain environment. He's in his own world. When you're living in your own world, You don't see anything outside of that world. That's called bi'olamo. You're in your world. You're in your bubble. Now a bubble is good. I said again, community is a great word, but community is a dirty word. It's a great word and a dirty word. It's a great world word because a community puts you in a bubble. So there is a certain amount of assumed actions that you're going to do or assume things you will not do. There's protection in the bubble. It's beautiful. Baruch Hashem, we have to thank Hashem that we didn't grow up in the midbar. There are many people today that grew up in the desert, literally, in a spiritual desert. They grew up in places where there was no norm. There was no accepted, oh, that's the way we do it. They grew up in a spiritual desert wasteland. So thank God we are not in that world. But, but. It sounds from his words that living in a community actually makes you more blind. Doesn't make you worse, but it makes you more blind. You see, if you grew up, grew up in the desert, and there's nobody around you, so you know you have to start thinking. No guarantee you'll start thinking the right way, but you know you gotta start thinking. But you don't know what to do. No one gave you direction. No one gave you advice. There's no precedence. There's no one to look up to. If you grow up in a desert, you're not considered so blind because at least you're aware of your blindness. You're considered a blind person who knows that he's blind, which is a very good step, knowing that you're blind can help you become not blind. You go to the store, you buy some glasses, you put on some lenses, you take care of your blindness. You're careful when you walk, knowing that you're blind. A person who grew up on ground zero, when nobody around him has influenced him, is very blind, so it's not so good, that's the negative. They're very blind, they know nothing, so they're really zero. But on the one hand, they're aware that they're blind, which is a very big asset, knowing that you're blind. But the person who (laughs) is be Be'olamo, Hashem put you, lucky for you, you grew up in a home of good people, You grew up in a home where they had values. So now, you have things that you attach yourself to. You grew up in a community that gave you so much to learn from and to copy. Beautiful. So compared to the guy in the Midbar, you're so much better off. You're so much better off. You have so much that you were given before you even started thinking. Before your mind started thinking, you already went to shul every day of your life. You already were given mitzvot. You heard kiddush every Friday night, every Shabbat day. You have already so many mitzvot that you witnessed. Before you hit the age of thinking, let's call that 13, already you were put in a world. Beautiful. Compare that to the guy in the midbar, nothing to talk about. You're a blessed person that you were given in advance on your life accomplishment. That's the beautiful part of being in a home and in a community, even a good home, even a good community. But then there's a very big danger, much more dangerous than the guy in the desert living in our community is in one way much more dangerous than a guy who lived in a spiritual desert. Because when you live in a community, you're in your world. You actually convince yourself or you're convinced that you never have to think. There's no need to think. Why do I have to think about anything? Not the good, not the bad. I shut down my brain because I'm part of a community. I'm part of a family. When you stop thinking, you become a blind person who doesn't even know they're blind. Then for sure you're going to be destroyed. By the way, not only in the bad, even the good. You might be thinking, okay, because when your community stops thinking and you'll end up doing bad things, even the good things that you do are not valued because you'll be just a robot. You're not even doing things. People keep, how many people in this community keep Shabbat as an Eved Hashem? What do you think? Shabbat's coming? Oh, this is my way of serving Hashem. About being ever Hashem. How many people you think keep Shabbat as an Evid Hashem? You say, what does that mean? I know. You don't know what it means. How could you do it? <laughs> I didn't say no one does. I didn't say how many people you think? I think it's a minority. It's a very, very small minority. Very, very small. That one that, that keep Shabbat which let's say the majority keep Shabbat, overwhelming majority. But how many of those people are keeping Shabbat as a way of serving God? Yeah, those who say, okay, Shabbat's coming. I'm serving Hashem. Let me start. Not that many. Not that many. They're just, they're just living according to the standards of either their home or their community. That's what they're doing. So that, so that means they're doing good, but it's also empty. It's Baruch Hashem, you're keeping Shabbat, but it's not, it's not you. You're just a robot following somebody else's Shabbat. Follow? So not only is the bad not good, but even the good is not good in a community. If you grow up in a community, even the good that you do is not a real good because it's not coming from within your own heart. It's not something you thought about. It's not something you're practicing that is authentic. You're just copying pictures around you and you just want to fit in. So therefore you don't do certain things. And what's the proof to that? How do I know? That most people in this community, even when they keep Shabbat, it's not from Retzon Hashem. How do I know? Am I a genius? Simple. Because when you do something from a feeling of Retzon Hashem, then you will not see contradictions. If you do a mitzvah because Hashem said, you will not see any contradictions in that person's life. You will not find him Shabbat morning in shul and Shabbat afternoon in a different place. Can't be. Because if you are expressing your Retzon Hashem, your Eved Hashem, when you kept the Shabbat, so what happened when Hashem told you not to do that? Why are you doing that? I don't get it. This morning you're in shul, this afternoon you're not in a place that's really kosher. What happened to that? How come there are so many contradictions within the people of our community? You ever wonder why? We live with a lot of contradictions. And we're patient. It's, we like the contradiction, by the way. We'd rather people fake it than lose it. Let's talk about why are there contradictions? The answer is because the mitzvot are not coming from an inner depth of understanding this is the way of life and this is what I need to do because Hashem has the rule book and I am following that rule book it's not coming from that so therefore Whatever is considered normal in your atmosphere, you'll do. And if the opposite is normal in a different place, you'll do that too. So even the good in a community might be dangerous. So again, let's review one more time. A person living in a community is a great gift because they're not starting on ground zero. Because if you start on ground zero, it's very hard. People who grew up in such communities have a very hard time. If you grew up in a community like ours, you're blessed because you're starting way above ground zero, both from your parents, your grandparents and your community and surroundings. Beautiful. You should thank Hashem every day for that. But remember, on the other hand, when it comes to starting to think and internalize what you do and make yourself active in life and making decisions, it becomes, a community becomes more dangerous than the wasteland because a community puts you to sleep. It puts you, be Be'olamo. <laughs> it makes you a person who is Halech in his own world. His own world means the world that he's in, in his mind is complete. This is it. I'm in my world. I'm not lost. Why tell me I'm lost? If I'm not in any world, I got to find my world. But if I'm in the world already, I'm not lost. And when you're not lost and you stop thinking, then the bed coming your way is imminent. And like I told you just now, even the good isn't that great for a 10-year-old to follow his father, not to cross the street when cars are coming, holding his father's hand. Maybe it's okay. It's a good thing. For a 50-year-old to to not cross the street because his father told him, that's a very big embarrassment. Imagine someone sees you not crossing the street when the cars are coming on Ocean Parkway. And they say, Joe, what happened? How come you don't cross the street? He said, my father told me many years ago that when there's a red light, you don't cross the street. That guy is a behemoth. It's a behema. He's still not crossing the street because his father told him? You tell me you didn't get smart enough on your own To understand why you shouldn't cross the street. So when we copy others, it's nice for a certain period. But there comes a time where you got to take your life into your own hands. And even the good. You can't go to shul on Shabbat because your father went. That was good for 13 years, for 20 years. You can't give charity because your, your father gave charity. That's an embarrassment to you. There is a holding period if you're blessed that people gave you something to start with. But there's got to be a time where you seek independence. So not only in the bad, even the good. You got to take your life back. Haolech Hashem put you in the world and you're Walking in that world, very dangerous. So therefore, a community is not always a blessing. A community has a bracha and it has a big kelala. When is the community a bracha? When it starts you on the right path. That's a bracha. When is the community a curse? when you continue in the same system for the rest of your life. A person who is truly blessed lives in a community and one day wakes up and starts to take his own life into his hands. Do not allow the norms of your upbringing or the norms of your surrounding to hold back your own thinking. You have to start reassessing. Yes, people will say, oh, it's dangerous, not dangerous. Reassessing, why do you keep Shabbat? it's a real question. Why do you keep Shabbat? Why do you give charity? Why do you do what you do? Why do you send your children to Yeshiva? For what reason? Why? Because everyone does. But that's not... See, when you send to yeshiva because everyone does, so you have no idea what you're trying to achieve with your children. If you stop for a second and say, why am I sending to yeshiva? Because I want my children to have values that are real. I want my children to have values that are going to drive them to success. Oh, that's why you sent to yeshiva. You know what happens to you if you think like that? All of a sudden I start thinking, wait, so how's my house? Is my house also being the right place for that kid? Is my house the right atmosphere to get to the same goal to the why I sent him to yeshiva altogether? Am I getting the same place? Am I taking him to the right vacation? If I sent my son to yeshiva because I want him to have the right values, is that where I should be going on vacation? Doesn't work. But yet nobody does anything. Or at least doesn't seem that way. No one's pulling their children out. Saying wait. Danger. I can't be here. How do you explain that? How does that make sense? You have a person who has children. He knows that this is not a good thing. He doesn't want that for his children. Not in a million years. He sent his son or daughter to this place. And now he he finds out. That it's anti what he wants. And what does he do? Nothing. No, wait, wait. How does that make sense? Now it makes sense. Because he lives in the community. Because he never thought to begin with why he sent the yeshiva. He sent the yeshiva because his friend sent the yeshiva. Because his uncle sent the yeshiva. Because his father, he has no idea. Why is he even in yeshiva? I mean, probably if he thought about it, he'd get to it. But he never had to think. It was just an automatic thing. That's what people do. That's where I went. So now, wait. Something turned upside down. How could you stay in the same place? Answer is, you never know why you wanted to begin with. See what community could do. Community could put you sleeping by the wheel of your car. You see, when you're little, you're not driving your car. And you need someone to drive it for you. So it's okay to be in the passenger seat. You just follow and hopefully the people you're following are decent and you follow the best you can. But there comes a time in life when you start to drive your car and you fall asleep driving your car, you're not gonna get to good places. A community is a very dangerous place for every individual that needs to start thinking at some point in their life. This is our predicament in our community. We have been blessed because we have a community. We have been blessed. We were brought up in the most beautiful environment. We have been given so many opportunities. That is a blessing. Never forget that. We can't thank Hashem enough for that. But remember, there is the other edge of the community, which allows the individuals to sleep their entire life, either doing good and not really understanding why, or not doing good and not even thinking, and maybe it's not good. How many of our, how many of our decisions are community-based? a very large percentage of what we do and the way we think, that's why our community, I would say, maybe more than other communities, it's so easy to help people become better. Because even when they're doing bad, they don't even know they're doing bad. The same way they know they're doing good, they don't it. Everyone dresses this way. That's how we dress. They didn't think about it. They didn't actually say, oh, you know what? Maybe it's right to dress this way. It's good to dress this way. Uh, They don't think about it. So you have a community of people that are innocently doing things wrong, literally. And the innocence isn't that they're not smart. It's that because they were given a community, they never actually got to think. And they just do what everyone does. So if you get a guy to think for a day or two or three. Get them to start learning a little bit. That's the only way to get them to think. Start learning. All of a sudden you start thinking. If you start thinking. It's obvious. So many things that we do wrong are obvious. But you got to think first. That's why when you start learning. You start thinking about other things too. I told you one time. A woman. On my way into the ballroom. In Sharet Siyon for Sedashli Lishit Siyon. Somebody made a siyum. A few, few men made a siyum. We were learning something in Baba Kama, I think it was. And we made a siyum in the ballroom. We invited all the friends. We invited wives. On my way in, a lady comes up to me and says, Rabbi, I am Mrs. So-and-so. Okay. Nice. It was a wife or one of the people who was Miss Ayim. So I didn't know what this was going to be about. You know, it could be from either... Wow, great baruf, Or like stay out of my life, please. You never know like where that's coming from. Like so I'm like, you know, I'm just holding my own. I'm not overcommitting myself. Yeah. If I say your husband is a great guy, that might be a negative. Yeah. My husband, yeah. Oh, your husband is Sadiq. Oh no, no. He's a Rasha, your husband. You have no idea, you should be so proud. Anyway. So I gotta be careful, I'm not committing myself. I'm not, I'm saying, okay, yeah, I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just say, yeah, trying to, try to see what she's saying. But you understand what I'm saying, what I'm doing here? You got it. So then she says, what'd you do to my husband? So now I'm stuck with her. I'm, 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 I wash, I'm gonna wash my hands. how I She said, uh, she says, He's driving me crazy. He says, it's like, what? He says, Shabbat, gotta do this. Gotta put the bluff, gotta put the thing. You gotta warm up the food. You can't do that anymore. What are you doing to my husband? Hear this? Huh? So I told her, maybe your husband has another rabbi? <laughs> Because I never learned with him El Chot Shabbat. (laughs) The truth. I said, I never learned El Chot Shabbat with him. We were learning that year Baba Kama. You know Baba Kama? We were talking about a guy who steals wood. And then he makes a home out of the wood. So do you have to give back the wood when you're caught and break the home? Or you can just give him the money? A whole pittock on this subject. Nothing to do not with Shabbat and not even with, whole, the, the, with, the, with the weekdays. Nothing. We weren't discussing anything. No halachalim lemaaseh, No alchot berachot. Something that never, ever happened that year to this person. So I said, probably your husband, a different rabbi that he's talking to, because I never learned alchot shabbat with him. She just can't be. I'm telling you. He never told him this. I said, I never told him. So, so what's the answer? What happened to this guy? What happened to this guy is For the first time in his life He started thinking about things Like, oh yeah, why? Oh, I don't understand that Question, answer, question, answer All of a sudden His life became a Gemara Starts thinking, I'm keeping Shabbat Well, why? Why do I do this? Why don't I do that? I heard about that once But I never do it, why? You see, most people know really what's right and wrong. They heard about it, they know. They did not not hear about things. Women did not not hear about They heard about it. But it was never relevant to them because they're not thinking. Because they're just living They're living in their community. They're living in their worlds. There's no reason to think when you're a passenger in the car. You only have to think when you're in the car driving. They're not driving because they live in a community. So it becomes every person's obligation to himself. After you're thankful for the world that Hashem gave you, start to find yourself in that world. Start to find your individuality and think about yourself and think about what you do, what you do right, what you do wrong. And that is the way a person is able to grow and avoid danger ahead. Because a community is beautiful, but don't allow it to stop thinking because of it. This is a holeth olamo. Don't get stuck in your world. Find yourself in the world that you're in. Have a wonderful day.